Let's light the tower. Your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Second hour of Life the Tower. On the horn, Craig Way, Jeff Howe with you. Our producer Cameron Parker alongside. Glad to have you with us as we uh, talk about a variety of things um, uh, that uh, that strike your fancy. We uh, also need to get to talking about the big game. You know what game that is. And the Horn's big game coverage is brought to you by Texas Truck and Trailer, located in Leander on Crystal Falls Parkway and in Northeast Austin at I thirty five. And Ron Berg, you can call Texas Truck and Trailer at 512-528-6038. That's 512-528-6038. So they had their their big uh, live event last night, which is basically uh, the old media day thing. Yeah, opening night. Do they still let fans yeah, into night. that deal? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, they were going crazy. On that, I don't even know if we we have it. We'll ask see if Cam Cabal. I heard it this morning, uh, a little bit where uh, Patrick Mahomes was uh, addressing the question that Jalen Hurts was asked about being the first matchup of two African American quarterbacks uh, in the game, and uh, and Hurts gave an answer, and it was hard to tell because you could kind of hear it in the background, and I don't know if we still have that audio around, but Cam can. Try to find it. The uh, Ty had played it this morning during B and E. The the Jalen Hurts thing, and then Mahomes starts to answer, and it was pretty much yeah what he said. And the crowd is just really making a lot of noise because it was a lot of Chiefs fans at the deal. I don't okay. Help me understand, right? Like Craig, you you and I and Cameron, you've done your share too. We've all done press conferences, sure. media availabilities, and. You know, it's like a bowl game availability or mm-hmm. media day, something like that, where it can be, it can get kind of crowded around certain players or whatever. What we do in those settings is not all that interesting. No, and definitely not worth. I mean, are people paying to go to this thing? Yeah, I think they did to to charge them entrance in the definitely back. not worth that. And I don't understand the same thing. I had the it was the same problem I had going to the Royal Rumble in San Antonio yeah. a week and a half ago. Wrestling events, football games, whatever. Like, I don't know when the cosplay aspect of attending a sporting or sports entertainment event yeah. got so out of hand that it almost detracts from the experience for and became no longer worth going. Yeah, and you sit there, and what are you cheering? There is literally nothing to cheer, and I think the same thing at the when I when I watch the draft, right, and uh, this. The Pittsburgh Steelers are on the clock. I'm not knocking Steelers fans. I know there's a lot of you out there. But I see people there waving the terrible towel and getting pumped up. Like, 90% of you have no idea the name that's about to be called. <laughs> like, what? I don't under. I don't. I just. I don't get it. Because it's their team. Help me make sense of yeah. it, Greg. I don't 
get it. This Maybe w- this is just me being old. I'm I'm now old, cynical, get off my lawn guy. Uh, Maybe I've just gotten to that point in my life. I just don't understand it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, here's This is the sound of it with uh, Jalen Hurts being asked about the impact of it and then Mahomes starting to comment on it when it just kind of died off. Historic. It's historic. Keep, and I think it's the foundation Kelsey. for what's to come. Um, so many kids out there, so many kids that, you know, they may tell them to change their position or do whatever it is, but, you know, it, it can be Chief done. Fans. It can be done. And it's a historic moment. And I, I know it'll be a show. It'll be a fun one. Mahomes. What will it mean for you, Patrick, to have the name Patrick Mahomes always associated with this particular Super Bowl? Yeah, he said it. It's. <laughs> A lot of Chiefs fans, Patrick. A lot of Chiefs fans. fans. Um, Jalen said it, though. It's a historic moment, um, and to be a part of it with two historic football teams. Um, and uh, we, we it, so many people laid the foundation before us. And uh, to be playing with a guy like Jalen, who I know is doing it the right way, um, it's going to be a special moment that I hope lives on forever. Yeah, so uh, there it is. That yeah. So to answer your question, yes, fans, there, and and it is a little different. Well, it's different in a lot of ways, including that whole opening night thing. Um, but it's also different in that they have players from the opposing teams at the same time yeah. at the event. Yeah. When I covered Super Bowls, you had one team, then the other team. Like I said, I'll never forget that the. the uh, uh, the, the the first Super Bowl I went to, uh, I was not a media member. That was me and my buddy Alex went to Super Bowl fifteen, but we were selling the T-shirts, uh, and we set up accounts in Baton Rouge in the two Bef- hotel. Before gift you shops. get far down this road, I'm just going to say, in your your heyday at KRLD working the Cowboys Super Bowl, you were there. I, I think you were there at the time when Super Bowl Media Day jumped the shark. Oh yeah, I'm about to get to that. Yeah. And and so the first one I went to was just me and my buddy Alex ended up buying tickets. We got them at face value one hour before game time, 40 bucks. My, how times have changed. $40 for a ticket. A guy in the elevator with us right up. You guys going to the game? Well, we thought we might check out the scalper's prices. Well, I got two here on the mezzanine level. You can have face value, 40 bucks to see Eagles Raiders. So we went to that. 40 bucks probably ain't getting you in the door on Sunday, is it? No. No, no it's not. Forty bucks won't get you in the parking lot. That's exactly right. Won't get you a beer. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, probably so. So, but the two that I covered, the back-to-back Cowboys wins and Super Bowls twenty-seven and twenty-eight. Uh, yeah, it had kind of jumped the shark. First of all, in Super Bowl twenty-seven, we uh, the the media day was at Dodger Stadium, which, which had, I thought that was had to be cool. awesome for you. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, especially given the fact what they did was they took all the media and put us behind the outfield wall. And then they opened it up and let us just run across the field. It was like being in Pamplona, running with the bulls. You didn't want to get trampled, but you had to get your your interview. It's like a Walmart opening on Black Friday. Hey, I might have ten people uh, trample me, but I was going to get that. I was going to get to that podium and be in prime position to hear Emmett Smith. You know, it was it was that kind of thing. All right, so there was that, and you go around to the different stations and all that sort of stuff. Uh, also. That was when uh, downtown Julie Brown was big on MTV. Yeah. And she was there doing live stuff. Mm -hmm. I think it was the next year in Atlanta, and it was done inside the Georgia Dome. Uh, I think it was that next year. Rest in peace to the the Georgia Dome. Yeah, yeah. Called a Final Four in that Georgia Dome. 
the for Texas women's basketball. The um, uh, I think that was the year where on live television in Brazil. They had a woman in a uh, bride's dress trying to get married. Trying to get married. She was trying to find anybody, media, player, mainly a player she was interested in, and wanted to get married on live television uh, in Brazil. Didn't happen. You're slowly crossing. See, this is where media days, you're slowly crossing the line from playful bits to just outright shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. So so there was plenty. So, yes, it, it did cross but into Did you go to Super Bowl time. 30 in, in Phoenix? You know what? I didn't. And what I did was I I gave up my spot to somebody else on our staff who had never covered a Super Bowl, been the 20. And this was to come to your point. Yeah. By the time I got through Super Bowl 28, I was kind of getting worn down on the whole thing. It had become a beat down during the week. Oh, the Cowboys will be there more times. Yeah. Yeah, that, that thought was happening, even though Switzer was the coach by then. And I I sent a guy who was like uh, on my staff, and I was the sports director at the time for KRLD and the Texas State Radio Network, and he worked at TSN and also did some stuff for us on KRLD and worked very hard. And he had never been to the Super Bowl, so I let him go. I went to the NFC Championship game when they beat the Packers, mm-hmm. and then he went to that and covered it. And, of course, my now current engineer on road basketball games for Texas Longhorn men's hoops, Dave Garrett was the play-by-play voice of the Cowboys back then. He has a Super Bowl ring from it. So uh, he, he was there. But uh, I, I didn't go to that one. But I went to – so I, I you know, uh, covered three and uh, – or covered two, went to a third one there as just a fan. The media day for Super Bowl thirty is when I think things jumped the shark. Started getting that way. Because for sure. It was already trending that way with the Brazilian bride-to-be and MTV and all that other kind of because crazy Because Comedy Central posted up at Super Bowl thirty. I remember this yeah. vividly. And it was Super Bowl thirty, so it's it's XXX in Roman numerals. And I remember <laughs> Nick McKay kept walking around asking various players, the Cowboys and Steelers, and since it's the triple X, is this going to be like a sexy Super Bowl? And I remember I was like, kind of laughed it off. Kevin Green was not having it that day. And his answer was some of the effect. He's like, I'm trying to get ready for a Super Bowl, and you're coming at me with all this triple X sex crap, and I'm trying to focus on winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> I'll never, I just, that's just burned into my memory. But I, that to me is when it, it jumped the shark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stoner says, I'm with you, Jeff, but six to 15 year old Seaway Jeff and Stoner know the Super Bowl is in their area. They want to go. Game cost prohibitive to most, but extraneous events are free or cheap. Oh, that's why. Like I used to love when I was a kid. I used to love going to Cowboys training camp. Right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I, I was like what nine, eight, nine at the time. I didn't know what I was watching. I just know, hey, the only chance I'm going to have to see Emmett Smith. But I was a kid. Was it right. a grown man taking time off of work or taking vacation to go cosplay as a football player to pay money to sit in the stands for a press conference and cheer? When there's nothing to cheer about, I don't know. I just, I, I don't get it. I just don't understand it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Cameron, do you get it? Like, I don't. Am I just being get off my lawn guy right now, or I, I don't? Help me make sense of this. I think it goes a little both ways. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a little nutty. You, you do make some sense on that, and also there's a grumble. But, but let me say this. Um, I, I've said this many times. If you were in this business, now the business has changed a bit, but I, I still kind of feel this way. 
that if you were in this business, the business of sports media or even sports radio, you owe it to yourself at least one time as part of your sports media, sports radio reporter repertoire to cover a Super Bowl media day. Not necessarily a Super Bowl game mm-hmm. itself, because the seats for the media aren't very good. Only the, the writers have been around there for decades get the ones in the press box. Yeah. We're in like in the upper deck uh, in the uh, Georgia Dome up there. <laughs> Got a seat cushion out of it and was there with Garth Brooks' halftime performance. They <laughs> Got to see that and little flashlights and stuff. But, yeah. No, not so much uh, on the other deal. Did you but, enjoy the uh, the Michael Jackson Super Bowl halftime show? You know what? I didn't actually stay for that game. Oh, you I had came a back. Texas basketball there was a game. Texas That's basketball right. game. I came back a, a Texas basketball game against Rice, so I didn't stay for that. I did not stay for that game. I was at the game the next year, and um, you know, uh, but I, I say that you owe it to yourself to cover a Super Bowl media day. Now it's changed mm-hmm. since it's opening night but even still just a experience yeah because kind of it, it, it is an experience because as is the case with like big even big 12 media days now especially for football you're not getting that much actual work done no, like, no. there's no time for it you're, no. you're not going to be able to ask like the uh you know the the, the questions that you really want to ask they're, you're not gonna, either going to have time to, right. or they're just not going to get answered the way you want. And, and depending which podium you get to at which time, it has already been asked at least seven or eight times. Yeah. At least yeah. seven or eight times. Maybe phrased slightly different. But the, the players know that going into the deal. You're going to get asked the same question a dozen times at least. And so they kind of try to answer it and go on and, and, and do that. So there there is that. I Now, the... Um, it wasn't it wasn't the Super Bowl that I covered between the Cowboys and Bills, either one of those, but I think it was one before maybe the Giants won for the Bills or the one against Washington where Thurman Thomas skipped it. Yeah. Skipped it, no showed, got fined ten thousand dollars for for no showing on the deal. Now the fine is even more if you're not there. I remember oh the the the, the what hat you wear, like the sponsors deals. Yeah. I remember, oh, who was it? The Bears Colts Super Bowl in Miami. Brian Urlacher got fined. He wore a vi- I remember it was a vitamin water hat. Ooh, vitamin water, not mm. a not an NFL sponsor. Can't do that. He got fined something like fifty grand for wearing a vitamin water. Well, Jim McMahon got Jim McMahon, fined for the Adidas the, headband. The, yeah, the, the Adidas headband. You go back to that. Yeah. So uh, there's there's a uh, ironic on that female listener seventeen says ironic that Michael Jackson was surrounded by children at his Super yeah. Bowl performance. Yeah, she yeah. also said to each his own, Mister Card Collector. I get it. I've got goof, <laughs> I've got goofy hobbies I'm into. I don't I don't deny that. But uh, like this texter said, and maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. He said, Jeff, you're in the media now, so it's a job. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe I just yeah. you know well, you know there is some job there, Jeff. How much? Correct me if I'm wrong, but most of your information you get is going to be off the record or, or backroom conversations, right, that you learn the most about probably what you're reporting, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people who are fans really understand that because, like you guys mentioned, and I've, you know, I covered a lot of UT press conferences and a lot of golf press conferences, they're not going to give up a lot of information unless you're Keandre Coburn. <laughs> very, very rarely. Or like at, at Texas, you'll get the uh... – Kenny Vaccaro was great about this. And there's Moral been guys the year. They just get to yep. the end of their career, and 
they're just all out of you know what's to give, and they just don't care. You know who point. was like that? Rod Babers. <laughs> Rod Babers. And Rob will tell you that uh, Media Relations Department did did a pretty good job of just kind of steering him away from a lot of uh, wide-open uh, uh, press availabilities. He was fun to yeah. talk to when he was an athlete. He was. He was, he was fun. But, uh, yeah, Rod would say what's on his mind. And imagine that. You know, uh, CB says championship games in the Rose Bowl are awesome. Super Bowl 27 is great. That's when I liked the Cowboys because I'd seen them at St. Ed's. Uh, the first time I saw the Rams in the Super Bowl was in the Rose Bowl against the Steelers when they led after three quarters, 1917, and ended up losing uh, in that one. Uh, so uh, somebody said, come on, Jeff. If you saw Stone Cold in your local supermarket, you'd scream and yell your head off. All right. I, I can... I can give you this scenario because I went through it nine years ago. Yeah. Um, or actually eight years ago. Long story short, Grant Hill was one of my childhood heroes. Really? Yes. I was um, at that 1994 Final Four against Charlotte, Arkansas. Where he landed yeah. on his tailbone early yeah. and hit a big three late to, I think, cut it to one or tie it. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I'm in the connecting to a flight going from Dallas to Orlando for the Under Armour game. And... He walks by me on his way because first class boards first, and he walks by me. I'm like, dude, that was Grant Hill. And somebody said, hey, Grant. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, Grant Hill. Grant Hill and I are on the same flight. Like, where are you guys? <laughs> Played it cool. Played it cool. You didn't fanboy? No, I didn't rush. I, I just got to baggage claim, and I'm like, you know what? I'll, I was like, I'll figure it out. If I get to baggage claim and we're both there at the same time, I'll figure it out. And sure enough. We're both in baggage claim, waiting on bags, and I just calmly walked up, told him I was a huge fan, who was one of my heroes growing up, didn't have anything else on me, didn't want to, I don't know, it's kind of one of those deals, like, do you take a selfie and draw attention to it? So I'm like, what's the most covert way I can, uh-huh. you know, kind of remember this? All I had on me was my boarding pass. I said, hey, would you mind signing my boarding pass for me? So I Grant Hill signed my boarding pass. Wow. And I met Grant Hill in the baggage claim at the Orlando airport. There you go. So I didn't jump, holler and scream. You just you play it cool. And nice. I go the opposite way when I meet my heroes. I don't holler and scream. I like just kind of freeze up and like deer in the headlights. I think I said this about a week ago that, that, that uh, one of the few people I would go fanboy about is if I did cross paths with Bob McAdoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a scout. So I told Eddie Orrin, the next time you know that he's there at the, at the game, <laughs> let me know uh, at a Texas game, that sort of thing. Which I totally froze up. Like the first time I met Nolan Ryan yeah. when I was covering the Express, I, I totally just froze up. Like I was, it's, it's like you're, felt like you're in the room with the Lord. Like honestly, that's what Nolan Ryan See, I never, I never got that way with Nolan because I covered his entire time with the Rangers, including the winter meetings in Atlanta yeah. when the Rangers made the deal. And Nolan was there, and I met him. I think once before earlier, but I had, uh, you know, uh, had a lot of uh, cross crossing paths with him, and then working at the Rangers flagship and covering spring training and that sort of thing. And Nolan, as you know, was just a real down to earth dude anyway. Yeah. So there's some of that, but I could see where you would where you would do that. And uh, our friend Tom says uh, signed boarding pass is fantastic if you were on the same flight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, by the way, uh, clean up on our uh, number one, Joe number two, in, in reference to the lady that was that was pronounced dead, and then uh, they transported her from the nursing home to the funeral home. Oops! And then found out she was alive. Said he's channeling his inner Princess Bride. Did you guys ever see the movie Princess Bride? Oh yeah. 
Billy Crystal's life. She was only mostly dead. I've seen worse. That's it. That's you know what? That's one I've seen clips here and there. Oh, you owe it to yourself. Never sat through the whole thing. Oh, you owe it to yourself there. Yeah, that's 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 a great way. Hey, for no other reason, Andre the Giant. Yeah. You know, for you. For no other reason. The late great Andre the yeah. Giant. We have a segment that samples the movie, Jeff. Come I know, on. I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, have to do that. Inconceivable, absolutely. We weren't big on formatting this show when it started, but that that was one Craig wanted, hundred percent. So why don't we show. go see Cocaine Bear and then afterwards Princess Bride? <laughs> I'm all for it. Nice, nice double feature. Uh, Cullen says some people just know how to nap. You know, that's how that that is. And then uh, somebody else asked me. Let me see if I can find it now. Uh, well, I don't see it. I, I look there, uh, right there. Uh, no, it was somebody was asking me about. Oh, I think it was Stoner. Ask no, it wasn't. Somebody was asking me what was the coolest event that I worked. Uh, it, it, you know, selling merchandise uh, or my best experience for for uh, selling uh, merchandise. Um, you know, I, there were a lot of a lot of concerts there. Uh, I told the story about the Neil Diamond thing, where he dropped the scarf and I picked it up, handed it to him, and he thanked me in the uh, downstairs by the room where we issued the product. This handlers came up to me. What'd you say? To him? What'd, 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 he <laughs> dropped his scarf. <laughs> you know, it was that kind of thing. He was he was very nice, but. Um, you know, uh, I I don't know. I I work so much. I I like to tell people, and it was true that I worked everything from ACDC to Lawrence Welk back in the day. So uh, it was it was an awful lot. Oh, there was it was it was Tom. He said, "What was the coolest event you sold merch at, and the coolest experience while doing show, doing that?" Uh, there were there were a lot of different things. Uh, a lot of uh, fun shows. Going on tour with Journey in '83, the Frontiers tour. Uh, going in on their western part of that. That was an awful lot of fun. I enjoyed hey, that as well. Before we get to the break, let yep. me do this, because you talked about your Sandy Koufax experience. Yes. At the time. Sitting right behind the Final Four on yeah. the front row, and he was about 25 feet behind me. It's got to be awesome. I, I've talked about some of mine, you know, just told the Grand Hill story, Nolan Ryan, David Robinson. Cam, who, who's your, like, if you met that person, you, you would have like almost like an out-of-body experience or you'd go back to being like 12-year-old Cameron. Again. Honestly, it was probably Colt McCoy, and I got a chance to actually meet him a few times at yeah. UT. Him or him or Jordan Spieth, who I've actually got to meet a couple of times, and both are okay. great human beings, yeah. fortunately. Colt's a good dude. I uh, had had a great opportunity to do a couple of panel discussions with him, and it was an awful lot of fun. Jeff Gordon would probably be the one where I would get the most nervous around. Really? really? Yeah. Wonder Boy. Wonder really? Boy. Okay. He's probably my favorite athlete from my childhood. Okay. All right. I was kind of like that when I was little about Richard Petty. Yeah. Growing up in NASCAR country. You guys growing up really in the was. Carolinas, yeah. Yes. Yeah. The garage was in Level Cross. It's 15 miles south of where I lived in Greensboro. All right. Coming up, we have a Flex 30 update. And we also uh, have uh, our next Longhorn Notebook. When we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049-1019, AM1260, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower. Okay, you asked for it. Now you got it. Jeff Howe really asked for it. Yes, sir. Somebody else we had some other people ask for it as well. Yeah. 
And and like I said, when this was when it was playing, and the Texas students, and the reason why this resonates so much with me is the night that that happened, the first time anyway, was when they had the night game. This was in 2016 against Iowa State at home. And it was the first game I was back in the booth after the passing of my wife. because She passed away on the day of the OU game in, in 16. Obviously, I was not there to call that game. And we had our memorial service the next week, and it was my first game back after that. And so a lot of things, a lot of emotions, a lot of things happening during the course of that evening. And there it was, late in the third quarter, the students doing this. <laughs> and I'm like, how is this happening? How do they know? Yeah, I turned. Roger Wallace and I looked at it and said, how do they know the words? <laughs> They're not up on the Jumbotron. How do they know? Turned to Telly, uh, Terry Kelly, our operations director. Said, how do they know? We were all laughing about that. And then they said, Weezer. <laughs> Weezer's version of it. You know, that's that's probably how they know. That sort of thing. So there it is. That uh, This song, I think, I picked... Uh, when I, I sent in uh, uh, Rod and Harge and Patrick, who produces, obviously, uh, Ball Don't Lie, asked me for my top ten Yacht Rock tunes. And they're not necessarily my favorites, just the ones that are I think are standard bearers. Mm-hmm. This was number one. This was number one. Because it, re- it really kind of is. Uh, all right. Uh, it's time now for our Flex 30 update. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. I've got a tidbit for this, Craig, if yeah. you don't mind. Um, you can get this on my Twitter account, actually, at Jeff Howe 247 on Twitter. I retweeted this uh, from Brandon Jenkins, one of our national college basketball analysts or national recruiting analysts covering college basketball at 24-7 Sports. Has a profile on Aiden DeSue, younger brother of Dylan DeSue, who's yeah. a 2025 prospect at Hayes down in uh, down in my neck of the woods, Craig, in Hayes County. Yeah. Uh, 6'6 forward. Uh, he's already been to SMU and Texas A&M for visits. Obviously familiar with the Texas program. Sam Houston State has shown some interest. Uh, hasn't picked up an offer yet. Uh, hasn't thought about a time frame for a decision, uh, but dedicated to improving his game and his stock while working on his ball handling is really what he wants to get better on. So you can, uh, again, get that on my Twitter account at Jeff Howe 247. I retweeted that feature on Aiden DeSue up at 24-7 Sports this morning. Okay. All right. Uh, there you go. Now, the other thing I was going to say is uh, I remember when how could you forget nobody who is a Longhorn football fan who watched the National Championship game in the Rose Bowl, the win over USC, will ever forget Mac Brown standing on the podium thanking Texas high school football coaches. Uh, and while the easy, cynical thing to say, well, yeah, yeah it was recruiting. You Mac, know, Max Motto is a different kind of ABC. Always be recruiting. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so we did that. But whenever somebody does that on a national platform when talking about Texas high, fo- high school football, it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. And, and the same happened last night at that Super Bowl opening night when Patrick Mahomes was asked, about the fact that he, a former White House wildcat from over near Tyler in East Texas, 
would be going up against Jalen Hurts, a former Channel View Falcon from the greater Houston area. Two former Texas high school football quarterbacks facing off. First time that's happened where you had two starting quarterbacks who played Texas high school football. And Mahomes thought that it was a pretty cool thing that that was finally happening. We say Texas high school football is the best in the country. Um, the way that we put people out, I mean, at every single position, uh, the way high school football is talked about and played and how many people show up to the games, it's, it's the best high school football in the country. And so uh, I'm glad that we're on the, uh, the national stage now, and you got two guys from Texas that want to go out there and win a football game. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty cool to, to, to see that, uh, to, to have two former Texas high school. I, I do not have a dog in this hunt. I really don't. So uh, it it does not uh, matter to me who wins. I understand where where you are yeah. with it, uh, and uh, I, I'm a, I'm I'm okay with you know I'm really okay with whoever wins the game as long but, as it's not the Eagles. <laughs> I I will say this: I probably am leaning toward uh, going with the Chiefs on this. Um, I am by nature and by fan history an NFC fan. That's why I didn't have, you know, that big a it wouldn't have that big a problem with the Eagles one. But I understand listen, the Eagle you uh with regard to how you feel about the Eagles is exactly where I am had the 49ers won the game. Okay. So when the 49ers played the Chiefs three years ago, oh it's definitely and, and I always liked the Chiefs. I've had nothing against them, but especially against the 49ers. I'm not gonna root for the 49ers against well, maybe against Putin, but that'd be about it, you know. You know, I'm not going to root for him against many. I can tell you that. So, yeah. Al Qaeda taking on the 49ers. Yeah, probably 49ers, but not by <laughs> Did you throw probably. <laughs> had to think about it for a moment, you know. No, I'd probably go with the Niners on that one uh, because of Kyle Shanahan and the former Longhorns. There, you know, makes it slightly more palatable. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But now they're not in it. So, yeah, I, c- I could see how you feel about it. Do you it. and I share a mutual hatred then for Joe Montana? Is that fair? Oh, yeah. Yeah! But but Craig and I being on the same page. Yeah, but here's how I am with Montana. I'm with Montana exactly where I am with Johnny Bench or Pete Rose or Joe Morgan, the big red machine that used to just, the Dodgers had such a problem with that. Hated them, but respected them. Respected them. Same thing with the Giants. Hated them and respected them. The newbies... Padres, eh, <laughs> what have you done? You know, you hadn't earned anything yet. Padres well, uh, have not earned anything I'll yet. I'll keep your Padres, HSOs, between you and I. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, you know, but but Giants, total respect for them. Understand it. And 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 uh, San Francisco Giants, I'm talking about. And and uh, the the 49ers, uh, the, you know. Montana ruined Rudy for me. Or just, yeah, just I know. Just ruined it so he can, therefore, uh, bite the fattest part of my backside. and. Uh, so let's make Jeff feel better and transition now into our Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It's a Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Erin Bowersock, the home loan expert. Check her out on the web. She's your Longhorn lender at BowersockTeam.com. Uh, CB reminding us that Shane Bouchelle is a member of the Kansas City Well, there Chiefs, you go. So. There you go. Uh, I know I say this about a lot of people, but really, Shane Bouchelle, Craig, I can file him in the category of good dude. Oh, gosh. And... Given the fact that I covered his dad's career when he was playing in the eighties <laughs> on those Bobby Valentine managed Ranger team, he is a good dude. I, I still w- saw him during the fall when I'd go up to do the Friday night show yeah. and he was doing Ranger post game stuff. We had good chat. Mom and dad, both good people. 
I love like any any big Rangers fight while he was either a player or a staff member. Uh, yeah, you can find Steve Buscell right in the middle of oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that the one. big Robin Ventura, Nolan Ryan yeah. bit. Boo would be in on it. Yeah. He had to be. Uh-huh. There was that. And then uh, the Rugnet Odor is the one that I remember. Uh, Steve Buscell coming out of the dugout and looking like he was ready to throw hands with somebody. Yeah. Not afraid to get in the scrap. Uh, I guess we'll clean up the rest of the basketball game here, Craig. I wasn't yeah. here in the... At the, at the start. To yeah, talk and, about it. and by the way, uh, toward that end, Longhorn Bears said, I was much more satisfied with the win over Kansas State in their house after they put 120 in our house, go Horns. All right, 116, not up 20. And this so occurred like, to me, so and, I, and I said this to Rodney Terry when we got to the hotel Saturday night. I said, do you realize that your team allowed exactly 50 points fewer against Kansas State in their house than you allowed in your house? How about that? 50 points exact, 66. They allowed 50 fewer points in the octagon of doom than they did at Moody Center. Uh, there were there were two statistics, Craig, that I felt summed up. And, and I, I love when I can get a Texas game, and it's usually a road game, very, very rarely in my home for a home game unless I'm sick or family obligation or something, where I can get Jay Billis doing the color. Yeah, he does a fantastic job. I had a good chat with him I, yesterday. You know, I, I enjoy Fran, obviously, but Jay Billis is, I think, the best in college basketball. Jay walked in and does. asked me if I had had any storm damage and how it was down in, in the Austin area. He's plugged into it. He was wanting to know how things were. Uh, but Jay pointed it out, and, and I felt it. And, and really, when I went and looked at the numbers, I think these two areas summed it up. Uh, offensive rebounding and transition points. Kansas last night, uh, 14 offensive rebounds. They turned that into 19, excuse me, 19 second chance points, fast break points. KU had a 24 to 8 edge in fast break points. Uh, points off turnovers, 18 points off of 15 Texas turnovers. I think those three categories, Craig, you look, that's, that's where Texas lost the game right there. Yep. Offensive rebounding or lack thereof, uh, really defensive rebounding, turnovers, and lack of transition defense. And as Rodney Terry said, they did a better job in the second half. They only had five turnovers in the second half. And they did make a push and got the game tied, and they had two chances to take the lead at 47-46. There was a turnover. Christian Bishop was called for a travel in the lane. And then I believe at 49-48, Marcus Carr had a good look at a three-pointer, and it rattled off the rim. And that was as close as they got to taking the lead from that point on. Yeah, it seemed like every time they got close, uh, you know, Kansas just they, they made kept them at arm's length. Yeah, it was a transition bucket off of. I, I really do think uh, Marcus Carr that missed free throw where, or no, it was after the three made free throws and KU breaks the press and I think it was Yesifu maybe throws the lob to Grady Dick for the dunk. Yeah, that that was one of those points where you're just like, man, it's just it's just not there. No, I'll give you another one at sixty six sixty. Texas had a chance to cut it to four. Missed a shot. Rebound Kansas. They come down the floor. Uh, somebody put up a shot. It, oh, yeah. I'm trying to remember who put up the first shot. It might have been Dewan Harris. Somebody put up the first shot. It was a second-chance bucket, though. I know where you're It going, comes yeah. off the rim. There were three Longhorns going up for the rebound. Now, Dylan Mitchell had done a good job earlier in doing the slap back, tapping it out. Didn't need to do it that time. There were three Longhorns there in position. He slaps it out. It comes down, I believe, to Harris, who kicks in the corner to Grady Dick, who hits the three-pointer. And it goes from 66-60 to 69-60. So the missed offensive opportunity, which could have cut it to four or maybe even three, all of a sudden it's a nine-point deficit, and that was that. 
pretty much. That's at the 6.06 mark. Yeah. Tyrese Hunter's bucket makes it a six-point game at the 3.54 mark. So that's what, a little over two minutes later? Yeah, coming out of the coming out of the under four timeout. Kansas has a 13-point lead in the game yeah. at that point. It's, it's pretty much church. Yep, yep. Uh, Longhorn Bear asked, do you think Grady Dick is a lottery pick? He was at the start of the year. Now, he's had a couple of injuries. He also had, had some slumps. We'll see how he finishes out the season, uh, that. But most of the NBA scout conversation was that he was a lottery pick, at least to the start early on when he was really hot early on. I'm just looking at who's got the most recent mock draft, and it's ESPN. Let me scroll down and see if I yeah, – actually, uh, ESPN has Grady Dick going in the lottery uh, 11th overall see? to the Pelicans. Yeah, so so he's, a, he's still kind of thought of in uh, in that way. Uh, you know, kind of one of those those good news, bad news deals, Greg? Dylan Mitchell's falling off on a lot of mock drafts. Like this ESPN mock draft mm-hmm. has him going the next to last pick of the first round. Yeah. Uh, that's a situation where that's a guy you probably weren't counting on getting back next year. And again, there's a lot of stuff that has to play out yep. between now and then, but it's looking much more probable, I'll say at this point, than it did at the beginning of the season that Dylan Mitchell could be back next year. No question about it. All right, we'll be back to uh, wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. And we're done. So that's just like that. Just like that. Um, Hey, uh, uh, one programming reminder. Tonight we have a special women's basketball edition of Longhorn Weekly with Vic Schaefer out of Pluckers, the West Campus location. Now, because they're still dealing with the technical issues to get 105.3 The Bat back on the air, it'll be available online on the Bat app and uh, also at 1053thebat.com and also at texassports.com. We'll uh, do that. And uh, we'll be back to uh, talk about that because they have a game tomorrow against Texas Tech. Speaking of trying to balance the books, and they dropped the earlier meeting in Lubbock. So they'll be trying to do that and hold on to their outright hold on first place in the Big 12 Conference. So we'll look forward to that. So that show is at 630 at Pluckers, the West Campus location, if you want to come. For our man behind the glass, a producer, Cameron Parker, and from a co-host, Jeff Howell, I'm Craig White. Thanks for joining us. Chad and Zay are up next. We'll visit with you tomorrow right here on Light the Tower on the Horn.